Hey, welcome to the 1826 podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 young adult community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. community. But tonight we're going to start a series called Jesus Walks. I thought as we head into Easter that it would be nice to uh, meditate on the Gospels and the life of Jesus. So we're going to be in Matthew 14 tonight. If you want to follow along with me, I encourage you to do so and to take notes. Matthew 14, starting verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made, made the disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter responded, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. Why do you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this evening and for your word and how it continues to inspire us. Father, I pray that we would learn something um, tonight. Thank you for bringing us together. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth are from your heart to these people. God, we, we lift up the requests to you. You know them, Father. Give them peace. Guide them through the situations as we leave here tonight and go back into um, our own spaces. We ask you and praise you. And everyone said, amen. That was sad, amen. It's like, okay to talk back. It's like, everyone said, oh, not much better. Okay. All right. That's going to be a great night. Um, A couple years ago, I was babysitting my little brother, as I do. My parents um, took their favorite son to a trip, which was not me or my little brother. So they went out to somewhere and I was left back to watch uh, my littlest brother. His name's Jackson. And it just so happened that the week they decided to leave was the week that school was starting. So my little brother was starting third grade. It was a big week because like a lot of responsibility that falls on me, the single parent, um, you know, when I have to take him to school. And I was responsible for getting his school supplies. I was responsible for packing him lunch, getting him there on time, which if you know me, I'm not a morning person, so that was really, really difficult. Um, But we made it. It was like the first day. We had the supplies. All the forms were signed. Lunch was packed. We got there. We walk into the classroom. Pictures were taken. It was great. Feeling really, really good about myself. And his teacher walks up to me and says, you must be Jackson's dad. (laughs) And that was really tough. But what, what, what hurt was when she said, you can go stand by the other moms. So it was like me and this groupie full of moms. And they were just like, oh, we're so, they're growing up so fast. And I was like, I know. This is like, I had one mom lean over to me. She said, which one's yours? <laughs> me and Jackson, actually, we had a pretty good routine going that week where 
I would pick him up from school and we would talk about what movie we were going to watch. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, if I could just get him to sit down and watch a movie, maybe he would fall asleep. You know, maybe he would uh, knock out for the night. I could just kind of KO, do my own thing. I could get stuff done. He'll watch the movie. So I get him all set up when we're home and he's watching the movie and I'm doing my own thing. That was kind of a chance for me to regroup. And he says this sentence that I'll, I'll never get out of my mind. He, he is death sentence. He says, uh, Jojo, it's not working. I was like, what do you mean it's not working? It's a movie. He says, well, the lips are moving, but the sound's off. And I knew exactly what he meant. Have you ever watched a movie where the, the, the lips are moving, but the audio is like not matching up with the video? It's just a frustrating thing. So I walk in and I'm like, no, it's not. It's stop. It's not broken. He goes, no, it is off. <laughs> Fix it. And so we spent the next half hour rewinding, playing, rewinding, playing, and it doesn't fix. It's a very frustrating thing, but, but it brought my attention to this thought. I wonder how many of our spiritual lives are kind of like that movie. And, and we think we're in one place, but really we're a couple of scenes behind. We, we think we have a great prayer life. We think we have a great spiritual walk. We think we are here with Jesus, but in reality, we're just not. We're, we're a little bit behind. We're not in sync with him, with God, with Jesus. And if that's you, I want to say it's okay because even Jesus' closest friends came out of sync at certain points. There's actually a disciple who did this a lot. His name's Peter. If you ever need to feel good about yourself, just read a story about Peter. He fails all the time. He's the, a big failure. He just, that was his thing. He messes up a ton. And so I wanted to read you a story about Peter. Starting in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. A little bit of context here. Jesus had just got done famously feeding the 5,000. A miraculous day. I, I want you to place yourself in that moment with Jesus where he's feeding all these people with one lunch, one sack lunch from a boy, just an amazing day. 5,000 people, feeds them all. Being a disciple, being able to witness that, I mean, it was just something special. A, a day that you look back on and it builds your faith. A, a day where you're just like, wow, I can't believe I was with Jesus on that day. So after he had dismissed the disciples, Jesus went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. They said, it's a ghost. They, they said, and they cried out in fear. I would like to think that, you know, if there was like a woman on board, they wouldn't have been so scared. They, instead of crying out in fear, it's a ghost, they would have been like, <laughs> you know, like, Manly. These were men, men. They, they're very comfortable on a boat. So to say that they were scared was like a very noteworthy thing for Matthew. The first thing I want to talk to you about if you're taking notes is you have to prepare for the storm. You have to prepare for the storm. It does not surprise me that the enemy sends a storm on this particular day. On a day where their faith had been built up, on a day where they had just witnessed something incredible. The enemy decides to send a storm. 
They were taxing, they were drained, and that's when the enemy loves to attack, when you're at your most vulnerable time. Jesus has this amazing ministry. The disciples are are taking in on this. They've walked with him every single day. They know him. They know what he looks like. They know what he's capable of. But in this moment, he's a ghost. They don't recognize him. The enemy has sent a storm. Jesus has not changed. Their surroundings have. How do you prepare for that moment? The enemy is creating a situation where they're questioning who Jesus is. When you experience Jesus like never before, you need to prepare to be attacked like never before. When you experience Jesus, when you get your breakthrough, prepare for the attack. It's coming. Enemy will always try to send storms into your life to keep you from being in sync with who he is. But Jesus immediately says to them, Take courage. It's, it's me. Do not be afraid. You know that kid that would just like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry. And it made you more anxious. Like, don't worry about it. I know the waves are huge and everything, but it's, guys, it's me. It's like no help at all. 11 of the 12 remained in fear, but there was, there was one. There's Peter. And I love how he responds. Lord, if it's you, Tell me to come to you on the water. Number two in your notes, what are you asking for? I I love this. Lord, if it's you, how many times have you been here? When your life was surrounded in chaos, in darkness, in fear, and everybody else wanted to to write the situation off and give in to their circumstances, and and you had to pray and say, you know what, Lord, if it's you, I, I don't know if you're real, I don't know if you exist. I don't know where you are. But if you happen to be here, I would like some help. I would like for you to to draw near to me. Would you call me into something so I can get out of whatever this messiness is? He's not worried about the storm or what his friends would think. All he is concerned about is whether or not he is about to experience Jesus in a way that he had not before. Lord, if it's you, call me to you. I want to be close to you. Doesn't ask Jesus to calm the storm. He doesn't ask for clarity. How many times do we ask for clarity? God, why is this happening to me? I don't understand this. Why would you send a storm into my life? Why would you do that? He doesn't ask for that. He asks to be closer to his Savior. Lord, if it's you, Peter is saying in this moment, I don't need you to prove who you are to me. I need you to prove who I am through you. I need you to show me who I can be with your power. That's what I need you to do. Prove that to me. Lord, if it's you, change the entire being of my existence. Call me out into something that I haven't experienced before. How many times have you asked God for a miracle, but the miracle that you asked for, you didn't want to be involved with? Calm the storm. Witness to my friends. God, come to me. Come, come give me a big hug. Come in. We've got room for you in the boat, Father. We want you. How many times have you asked for a miracle and you didn't want to do any of the work? 
And Jesus says something really profound that you can study deep theological sound, but whatever you want, commentaries. He says something that's really, really profound. He says, come, one word, come. Number three, if you're taking notes, be in a position only you can be in for Jesus to say, come. Some of you keep doubting who God is because you want him to act outside of you but you only know who God is when you invite him to change your experience, your path, your future, your purpose. Do you really want God to call you from the boat? Are you in a position ready so that when he says come, you actually take the first step? Look, there are places that you can go in life without God. There are plenty of people in the Bible where we see this. Kings, rulers, they have wealth, they have money, they have everything that you could think of, and they got it without God. You don't need God to become rich. You don't need, that, that's, that's, not, that's not the issue here. Jesus says to Peter, come, something extraordinary happens. Peter goes to a place that only he can go with God. He gets to a place that only he can experience through Jesus. He's the second person, and to my knowledge, the last to ever have walked on water. There's only two people to ever do it, Jesus and Peter. Phenomenal experience, amazing. Jesus does not need Peter to walk on water. Peter cannot walk on water without Jesus. Jesus does not need you to fulfill his purpose. You need Jesus to fulfill yours. Be in a position where Jesus can tell you to come. It only happens because Peter places himself in that position. I think as Christians, we can get lazy. We expect Jesus to come to us. I invite you into this house. I invite you into here. I invite, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just think sometimes we can get too laxed and we're never seeking him. I think Jesus... sometimes wants us to come to him so we can experience him in a new way, so we can experience his power in a fresh way. Where are you at? Are you anxiously anticipating his calling on the edge of your boat? Or are you distracted by friends, fear, the storms, the waves, the struggle of life? Put yourself in a position where he can say, come. The story continues. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Side note, nobody else in this story walks on water. There's Peter and there's Jesus. There's 11 other disciples. None of them are like, I've got next. Do you know in that moment, can you imagine? Like, I would like to think I would have been like, well, it worked for him. Now I'm ready. Let's go. None of them do it. That's how strong the emotion of fear was on that boat, where they are literally stuck in their fear. They're paralyzed by their fear. Have you ever been there? I, if I ever saw like a spider in my house, that would be me, paralyzed by fear, unable to move. 
even with Peter walking on the water right in front of them, watching something extraordinary happen, they did not have the faith to also embrace it. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And number four in your notes, don't let the storm drown you. There's two perspectives here. There's Peter and then there's Jesus. I'll start with Peter. We'll start with Peter's perspective. The, the drowning Peter at this point in time, the failure, the mess up. He has once again failed. That's kind of his MO. He had the, the strength to step out and look at him now, drowning. That's why we didn't do it. The only condition is, is that he keeps his eyes on the Lord and he can't even do that. So now look at him. He is just sinking. What I love about Peter in this moment is he does something that most of the time we're unable to do. He asks for help. He cries out, Lord, save me. Sometimes we will drown in our own pride, in our own shame. We'll sink in our fear. We'll believe the thought that we've gone too far and God could never forgive me and I'm not worth even saving. Don't miss out on forgiveness because you're too stubborn to ask for it. Let's look at Jesus. Verse 31. Immediately, say that, say immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Immediately. Peter cries out for help and immediately Jesus goes after him. He doesn't think twice. He doesn't try to teach Peter a lesson. He doesn't kick him while he's down. He doesn't say, I told you so. We live in a culture where, where we're big on wanting to be right and wanting to say, I told you so. I told you not to go to that date. I told you not to go hang out with those people. I told you not to buy that. I told you not to go there. I told you not to take that job. And we wanna be so right that we can't even pass up the opportunity to push people further down past where they already are. That, that, that's not what Jesus does. He, immediately. He doesn't think twice. Immediately. If we are to walk like Jesus walked, we have to walk into some storms, into some situations, and start immediately helping the people who are hurting. Not for our glory, not to grow a, a church or a group, but because if we are called to walk like him, we are to immediately help our friends in need, immediately help our families in need, immediately help others who are sinking, who otherwise would not have a chance at survival. Jesus walks into the storm gracefully, into the fear, over our situation. Jesus walks over the things that we worry about, the things that have us sinking in life. He, he's over it. I, I don't know about you. I find great comfort in the fact that not only does he give Peter the power but when Peter messes up with that power a few moments later, immediately he's there to pick him up. 
if my life is to be more like Jesus, I have to start lending a hand more than I'm casting my judgment. I love Peter for trying. There's beauty in the attempt to walk on water. There's a lot of awesomeness that we can learn from it, that we've already learned from it. But my favorite part of the story is the walk back to the boat. I, there, there is power, there is freedom in the walk back to the boat. Let, let's read this. Immediately, there's that word, immediately he, he reaches out and clutches him. They have a little conversation. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And then verse 32 comes. And when they climbed into the boat, and when, immediately is used, I think, three times in this very short passage, very time-specific passage. Immediately, Jesus does this. Immediately, Jesus does that. Immediately, Jesus does this. And then we get to verse 32, and it says, and when they climbed back into the boat, telling me sometime later, they eventually made their way back to the boat. By the way, do you think the boat in the middle of a storm stood still? I, I think it drifted quite a bit from when Peter first got off of it. And so now we're at this point in the story where Jesus picks Peter up, soaking wet, very scared, staring him right in the face and saying, you know what, Peter, we need to talk. We need to have a comfort. We need a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time right now, Peter, because I need to know why you doubted me. You're, you're not in trouble, Peter. I, I just, I want to talk to you. He's saying, well, am I in trouble? No, 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 Peter, Peter, Peter. You asked for this. You wanted to be close to me. I'm giving you my attention right now. The others aren't going to get this. They will hear about it, but they aren't getting this right now. Peter, let's walk back to the boat. There's power in the walk back to the boat. There's forgiveness in the walk back to the boat. He's saying, I think Peter, walking back to the boat, walked with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of confidence. I think he was like, did you guys see that? There's a storm happening. They can't hear what is being told. Matthew can't hear what they're talking about. He just knows what Peter told him when he gets back into the boat. Saying, what are you guys hearing? I don't know. They're talking. There's two figures out there somewhere. It's raining. It's... Jesus is taking the opportunity to not only pick him up, but encourage him to the point where he has the strength and the confidence to walk back to the place that he came from. Jesus does not want you to drown in your discouragement. He wants to pick you up, turn you around, and walk with you saying, look how far you've come. Look how far you've made it. You walked out here to me. And now we're going to walk back together. That's what I love about doing life with Jesus. I love Jesus because no matter how many times I sink, he's there to immediately pick me up, turn me around and say, you know what? Look how far you've come. Look how far you made it. Peter, I'm going to give you a faith that for the rest of your life, you're going to be able to talk about how you walked on water. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word and how it inspires us. Thank you for 
these moments that you turn on us, where we think guilt and shame, you create redemption and compassion and love. God, thank you for walking with us through our storms. Thank you for being with us through our fear. Thank you for teaching us. Father, we ask that as we enter into our our group discussion that you would bless these conversations. We ask you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.